Governor Scott says no more mask mandate outside if you keep your distance in Vermont. In New York, Governor Cuomo says 75% indoor dining capacity is okay in New York City. And the Montreal South Shore suburb of Longay wants to identify your car's catalytic converter. If you're a resident and if you drive certain vehicles, details coming up. In the weather, drizzle in the north, sun's out in the south. We're back in studio and Bob's World is next. Hey dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can. But it's just as important to take time for yourself. AARP can help. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. But now... There are vaccines, and they are the very first step that let us get back to what we miss most. It's okay to have questions. Is it safe? Should I wait? Now, get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision when vaccines are available to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Bob's World for Friday, April 30th, 2021. Good afternoon, I'm Bob Welch. In accordance with CDC recommendations, Vermont Governor Phil Scott today amended the state's emergency order on outdoor mask wearing. Step two of the reopening plan starts tomorrow and masks are no longer required outdoors if you keep your distance. The health commissioner says outdoor transmission is rare. Municipalities will be able to set stricter requirements if they so choose. With more than 61% of Vermonters 16 and older now vaccinated with at least one dose, the state has cleared the criteria to enter step two of the state's Vermont Forward Reopening Plan. Starting tomorrow, gatherings will now be allowed to have up to 150 unvaccinated people indoors with spacing and 300 unvaccinated people outdoors. Any number of vaccinated people may gather masks Physical distancing are still required when not with your household. Restaurants and bars, hair salons, churches, gyms, museums and theaters, government meetings and manufacturing will move to universal guidance. Governor Scott's appealing to young people aged 18 to 29 to get vaccinated. It's a group that is lagging behind the rest of the population. Scott compared serving in the armed services and going to war with the public duty of getting vaccinated. And he called on everyone to do their part. The state is developing a campaign to target young people, as well as younger men who are also lagging behind women in vaccinations. Vermont Health Secretary Dr. Mark Levine says the state faces rampant misinformation online about vaccines. Vermont is also looking to reduce its dependency on hotels and motels for emergency housing for the homeless. Officials are calling on lawmakers to approve the governor's $40 million plan to help with the homeless housing problem. In New York, Governor Andrew Cuomo said today New York City restaurants will be allowed to increase their indoor dining capacity to 75% starting May 7th. 
1010 Winds reports gyms and fitness centers in the five boroughs will be allowed to expand to 50% capacity May 15th. Hair salons, barbershops, and other personal care services, meanwhile, will also be allowed to expand their capacity to 75% starting May 7. This story out of the Montreal suburb of Longueuil. They are trying to tackle a scourge that is rampant across Canada, and we've heard plenty of this before in other places as well. It's the theft of catalytic converters, this part of the exhaust system of a gasoline-powered car or truck that is sought by criminals because of the rare metals it contains. For a second week in a row, police are inviting owners of certain vehicles residing in Longay to come and have the catalytic converter of their vehicle identified. Invited motorists must own one of the following targeted vehicles, a 2010-2017 Hyundai Tucson, a 2013-15 Hyundai Santa Fe, a 2020 and 2021 Mitsubishi RVR, a 2007-2013 Kia Sportage, and a 2003-2009 Honda CRV. All of these are sport utility vehicles, and they are higher off the ground, making them easier to, for thieves to get under in order to remove the catalytic converter. It does not take long to remove, but it is expensive to replace. Tomorrow, the identification of the part will take place from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Longay Police Headquarters on Curie Poiré Boulevard West. And, of course, that is in Longay, Quebec. Police say this is a permanent identification method that deters bandits by allowing them to link any stolen catalytic converter to the rightful owner of the vehicle. Last March, police in the Longay area arrested two men for stealing a catalytic converter one of them had been arrested for the same reason less than six months earlier. Now the Bob's World four-day forecast for northeast Vermont, northern New Hampshire, and adjacent Quebec. Well, we got the rain coming down right now. It's uh, 46 degrees uh, going down to an overnight low of 36. Tonight we had been up to 52, but that was it. Tomorrow, sunnier. High 51. Tomorrow night, clear. Overnight low of 32. 7. For Sunday, partly sunny skies, high of 62, with an overnight low of 42. Looking to Monday, it'll be rain, I'm afraid to tell you, and uh, uh, 52 for the high temperature going down to 46 Monday night. Tuesday's high 55 under rain showers, but you may see some sun in there too. Wednesday, middle of next week, uh, rain and 51 degrees. Looking around the region as we're recording this, quarter past seven on this Friday evening. Rain and 45 in Montreal, mostly cloudy 54 in Boston, New York City, partly sunny. Yeah, you guys got the sun today. 59 degrees is what you have right now. Ogdensburg, along the St. Lawrence Valley, they have uh, rain showers and 35. They're already in the 30s. Now, Bangor, cloudy and 43 in eastern Maine. Another number in eastern Maine is Eastport. You get rain in 41. Rockland, along mid-coast, cloudy and 46. St. John, New Brunswick, rain 40. Halifax, cloudy and 45. Into upstate New York. Well, Putnam County, anyway. Brewster reporting partly sunny, 54. Burley, New Hampshire, rain 45. Springfield, Massachusetts, mostly cloudy 55. Chatham on Cape Cod, sunny and 56. 
Hartford, sunny 57. Going through the details of the St. Johnsbury conditions at 716. Rain showers, 46. The wind is out of the northwest at 7 miles an hour. The visibility is 6 miles in that rain that we've got. The barometric pressure, 29.30 inches of mercury. The relative humidity, 91%, and that dew point is 43. Once again, 46 degrees in St. Johnsbury. Rain showers going down to an overnight low of 36 tonight. I decided as the numbers kept going higher and higher on the scale that I couldn't do it alone. I've lost 77.25 pounds with the help of TOPS. It's welcoming, it's rewarding, and people really genuinely want you to be well. They, they want to celebrate your successes. They want to cheer you on. They're, they're happy that you reach your goal. Visit a meeting free. Learn more at TOPS.org. That's T-O-P-S dot O-R-G. You don't have to do this battle alone. You get that every time. Maybe I'll try this Reservations at your favorite restaurant. Thanks so much for waiting. Your table's ready. Getting back to the moments we miss starts with getting informed. Perfect, thanks. Get the latest info about COVID-19 vaccines at getvaccineanswers.org. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. A Brooklyn man has pleaded guilty to cutting an NYPD van's brake line and falsely claiming he owned a car wash to secure COVID-19 relief funds. Prosecutors say 24-year-old Jeremy Trapp entered the plea in Brooklyn Federal Court this morning. Mark Lesko is the acting U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of New York and says in a statement, with his admissions of guilt today, Trapp will face the consequences of his flagrantly lawless and fraudulent conduct First, in endangering the lives of police officers by sabotaging one of their vehicles, and second, by lining his pockets with stolen government funds intended to provide relief during the COVID-19 pandemic. Prosecutors say Trepp crawled under an NYPD van on Sunset Park, Brooklyn, last July and partially severed the vehicle's brake line. 1010 Winds reports... A month before that, Trapp submitted a fraudulent application to a program that doles out low-interest loans to businesses that have suffered due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Trapp received a $42,500 loan and a $10,000 grant by claiming he owned a car wash in Brooklyn that employed 10 people. But the car wash does not exist. Police around Portland, Maine are talking quite a bit this week about a submerged car and a busted, snail-covered, salt-eaten safe. They were both uncovered this week. Residents are rediscovering the overturned car that rests about 15 feet from the safe, both of which had been lost to time near Portland's East End Beach. But images captured by high school student Tyler Dyer posted on Reddit this week show four tires and metal pieces of the car's body sticking out of the mud and seaweed after the sand covering them shifted. Dyer was with a cousin when the pair stumbled on the wrecked car and noticed the safe nearby and wants to know the story behind it. While there is no known criminal uh, conduct connected with the car, police say, certainly it has people who walk around or run close to where the car rests talking. 
with some saying there is evidence of an old dumping site in the area. Portland resident Matt Hogan tells New England Cable News it's not surprising he was aware of stories about the old dump. Hogan did call the safe's proximity to the car unusual, wondering why would someone throw out a safe? Chris Mills, another man who doesn't live far from where the car is, said the discovery was crazy and that he had no idea the car was in an area he walks through frequently. Mills added that his wildest hypothesis about what happened to the vehicle and safe was that they were part of something mafia-related. Either way, if you go to the beach trying to solve this caper, you may want to bring a good pair of boots. Global News out of Halifax reports an eatery in Nova Scotia's got an unusual visit yesterday from police after someone mistook a mannequin for a customer. During COVID-19, the Ardmore Tea Room, that's on Quinpool Road in Halifax, well, it's been placing mannequins at some tables to keep them blocked off and encourage physical distancing. Well, now that restaurants have been ordered shut down again to in-person dining during the third wave of the pandemic that's hitting Canada really bad, and Nova Scotia in particular, the humanoid figures are the only ones sitting in the dining room. Mike Comier, the owner of the Ardmore Tea Room, said he was working alone yesterday morning when he saw a police car pull up outside the restaurant. Cormier said the officer got out and was looking in the window, and I saw her looking at the mannequin, so I went at it and said, someone didn't call the police, I hope, on the mannequin. It turned out someone had, but the officer quickly realized the mannequin wasn't a threat and went on her way. Cormier snapped a picture of the scene and put it on the restaurant's Instagram with the plea, Please don't call the police on us. We are only open for takeout and delivery, no eat-in. She's a mannequin to help with social distancing. Cormier said he understands that people want to do the right thing to keep people safe, but he asked that people not be so quick to dial 911. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. (gasps) Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. This is Friday. April 30th, the 120th day of 2021, with 245 days left in the year. Willie Nelson is 88 years old today. Former Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper is 62. Canadian-born actor Paul Gross is 62 as well. Basketball Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas is 60. Rock musician Chris Henderson of Three Doors Down is 50 years old today. R&B singer Akon, 48 Actress Kristen Dunst is 39. R&B singer Jeff Timmons of 98 Degrees, 48 years old, and from Grand Prairie, Alberta. Country singer Carolyn Dawn Johnson is 50. This hit number 5 on Billboard in 2004, and this is Complicated. 
so scared that the way that I feel is written all over my face. When you walk into the room, I wanna find a hiding place. We used to laugh, we used to hug the way that old friends do. But now a smile and a touch of your hand just makes me come unglued. It's such a contradiction. Do I lie or tell the truth? Is it fact or fiction? Oh, the way I feel for you is so complicated. Johnson from Grand Prairie, Alberta, who marks 50 years of age today. In 1517, Londoners began attacking foreign residents in rioting that carried over into the next day. No deaths were reported from what came to be known as Evil May Day, but about a dozen rioters, maybe more, ended up being executed. Seventeen eighty nine, George Washington took the oath of office in New York City, which was the capital then, as the first president of the United States. 
1803, the United States purchased the Louisiana Territory from France for 60 million francs. That's the equivalent of 15 million dollars today. Well, 15 million dollars then, actually. Uh, 1945, Soviet troops approached his Berlin bunker. Adolf Hitler took his own life along with that of his wife of one day, Eva Braun. 1968, New York City police forcibly removed student demonstrators occupying five buildings at Columbia University. 1970, make that, President Richard Nixon announced that the U.S. was sending troops into Cambodia, an action that sparked widespread protest and in 1973, this is WCCO, Minneapolis, St. Paul, at 830. It's exactly 11 o'clock in the central zone. CBS News. 35 years of fighting in Vietnam are now ended. The president of South Vietnam has unconditionally surrendered to the Viet Cong. I'm Stuart Novins, reporting on the CBS radio network. It was a brief radio address by President Duong Van Minh. It was directed more to the Viet Cong leaders than to the South Vietnamese people. UPI correspondent Alan Dawson filed this report a short while ago over one of the few remaining communications links. The government of South Vietnam has surrendered to the Viet Cong. A radio address to the nation, President Duong Van told soldiers to lay down their arms and stop fighting. He called on the provisional revolutionary government to enter into discussions for what he called a turnover ceremony for the administration, both civilian and military. Fighting could be heard around the edges of Saigon as he spoke and after he spoke. The immediate effect of his announcement was not known. Alan Dawson, Saigon. As newsman Dawson reported, General Mean offered to meet with representatives of the provisional government, the political arm of the Viet Cong, not to negotiate peace, but merely to work out details of the actual transfer of power in the kind of ceremony that would be a substitute for further bloodshed. There are new questions now to be answered. What response will come from the VC? What will those South Vietnamese troops do who are still armed? Will they indeed lay down their arms as General Mean directed in his speech tonight? President Mean's speech was followed by an appeal from the Deputy Chief of Staff to the South Vietnamese military also to remain calm and put down their arms. There is no sign yet of where or when the Saigon government and the Viet Cong will make contact. In Washington there is no comment, no confirmation of what has happened. One high official said he learned about the surrender from a reporter. There is no longer, of course, an American embassy in Saigon. That was 1975, a correction, and this was 1973. Lowell Thomas brings the news from the White House, from Wellington, New Zealand, from Harrogate, England, comes today's news as reported by America's foremost newscaster, Lowell Thomas. Good evening, everybody. The White House... An attempt today to come to grips with Watergate, as no doubt you've heard by now. Starting out with a clean sweep of four top administration officials. This via a statement issued by President Nixon, announcing first the resignation of Richard Kleindienst as Attorney General. Not for lack of trust, said the President, but simply because of Kleindienst's close personal and professional association with alleged Watergate conspirators. 
At the same time, the president naming as Kleindin's successor, Defense Secretary Elliot Richardson. The latter said he, to assume full responsibility and authority in uncovering the whole truth about this matter. The president also accepting the resignations of two of his closest friends and most trusted assistants, White House Chief of Staff H.R. Haldeman and his chief domestic advisor, John Ehrlichman. The president again stressing no indication of any wrongdoing, merely an attempt to clear the air. Finally, said the president, I have today requested and accepted the resignation of John Dean as White House counsel. That post now falling to special White House consultant Leonard Garment. The president saying that from now on, Mr. Garment will represent the White House in all matters relating to the Watergate investigation. And he added, will report directly to me. The president further scheduling a nationwide broadcast for 9 o'clock tonight, Washington time. Then he's expected to discuss more fully the entire Watergate case. And this you will hear on many of these CBS radio stations. That was Lowell Thomas. He anchored a 7 p.m. Eastern newscast on the CBS radio network that was him and had that sound on it. I think you heard the tone at the beginning, the tone that's on the hour, still, on CBS. That was him. And that was the 1973 story of President Richard Nixon announcing the resignations of top aides. And one of them uh, was uh, actually fired. 1983, blues singer and guitarist Muddy Waters died in Westmont, Illinois at age 68. 1993, top-ranked women's tennis player Monica Sellers was stabbed in the back during a match in Hamburg, Germany by a man who described himself as a fan of second-ranked German player Steffi Graf. The man, convicted of causing grievous bodily harm, was given a suspended sentence. 2004, Arabs expressed outrage at graphic photographs of naked Iraqi prisoners being humiliated by U.S. military police. President George W. Bush condemned the mistreatment of prisoners, saying, that's not the way we do things in America. 2010, heavy winds and high tides complicated efforts to hold back oil from a blown-out BP-operated rig that threatened to coat bird and marine life in the Gulf of Mexico. President Barack Obama halted any new offshore projects pending safeguards to prevent more explosions like the one that unleashed a spill. 2011, 10 years ago, a Libyan official said Muammar Gaddafi had escaped a NATO missile strike in Tripoli that killed one of his sons and three young grandchildren. The Rolling Stones' fourth album, Aftermath, went to number one on the UK chart on this date in 1969, the group's third UK number one album. The album is considered an artistic breakthrough for the band and is the first to consist entirely of Jagger, Richards, compositions. While Brian Jones played a variety of instruments not usually associated with their music, including sitar, Appalachian dulcimer, marimbas, and Japanese koto. This song that I'm about to play was not on that album, because I couldn't find a song that was on that album. But it's a great stone song nonetheless.
Jumpin' Jack Flash from The Stones on Bob's World on this Friday at 7.40 as I'm recording this. <laughs> Here we are again, the animal stories. <laughs> News team anchorman. Here's me, your charming and delightful old Uncle Lair. And there's him, in person. Hi. Little snut-nosed Tommy. Hi, Tommy. Hi. Hi, Uncle Lair. <laughs> Apologies to both of them, Larry Lujak and Tommy Edwards. They, they, they were together on WLS in Chicago. These are some animal stories, which the feature is back from hiatus. Swimmers at a Thailand beach were shocked when a five-foot water monitor lizard emerged from the woods and took a swim alongside some humans. One visitor, Nam Sudrat, a visitor to the beach on the island of Koh Hong, captured video as the monitor lizard swam just feet away from human swimmers. That video can be found on the UPI's website. Sudrat said the lizard appeared to ignore the humans as it swam through the water. Local wildlife officials say they are familiar with the lizard, which they said is a, a male known to visit the beach sometimes to collect food scraps. They said the lizard is known to be friendly and does not pose a danger to beachgoers. Another lizard encounter took place just weeks uh, earlier when another water monitor, or perhaps it was the same one. How do, we, do we really know? Apparently, it was looking for human food scraps, too, because it went to a 7-Eleven. Do you think water monitor lizards are into Slim Jims or Slurpees? No, no. Uh, that that, that, that <laughs> climbed the shelves before being removed by authorities. Uh, a North Carolina couple are asking locals to keep an eye out for their unusual escaped pet, an African serval. Jim and Linny Williams of China Grove, North Carolina, say the big cat named Gemma got startled outside their house and ran off, has now been missing for over a week. She tells WSOC-TV, I just want her home. We miss her a lot. So just a very, very sweet baby, and she's out on her own. The couple said they hired a tracker who determined Gemma is likely still laying low in the area near the Williams' home. Lenny Williams said Gemma will eat rodents and birds, but is not aggressive towards people or larger pets. The woman continues to see she does look just like a, cat, a wild cat. And people could misread what she is and harm her thinking she is a bobcat or something like that. She's just a big baby and she's never been aggressive. William said Gemma is friendly but will likely run if pursued by a stranger. She asked anyone who spots the serval to contact the couple or local authorities. Servals are legal to be kept as pets in North Carolina without any special permits. That's according to wildlife officials. Of course, if the story was out of Florida, it would not be a serval. It would be an actual wild cat. <laughs> That's the only difference between North Carolina and Florida. <laughs> Authorities in New Mexico worked together with a power company to rescue a bobcat seen stranded at the top of a utility pole. These felines, you see, they climb up stuff. They like to climb things. Donna Anna County said residents reported a bobcat was stranded atop the power pole 
in the Topaz Road area of the community, and officials determined the animal needed help to safely get back to the ground. The county worked together with the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish and the El Paso Electric Company to devise a rescue strategy. A county manager says the county recognized that the situation was an ongoing public safety concern. The bobcat did not seem interested in leaving its perch or was too scared to do so. The county developed a, deployed rather, a facilities and parks department bucket truck and officials had the power to the lines running to the pole temporarily shut off during the rescue. Officials said 42 customers were without power for less than an hour during the operation. Sergeant Chris Ortega is of the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish. The operation went well, especially considering how quickly it came together. I am humbled by the number of people that were willing to assist our department in our efforts to safely remove the animal. As for the bobcat... A bobcat was safely removed from the pole and released in the Lake Valley area near Hillsboro in the Gila National Forest. And that is our animal stories in Bob's World for this Friday and for this week. As far as yesterday was concerned, the plan is for the podcast to be on the road more as the world gradually opens up and yesterday's attempt was merely a learning experience. There were some audio quality issues there, along with timing, which some of it was out of my control. Feedback is 802-267, scratch that, 802-467-0212, 467-0212. I'm on Twitter, Bob Welch, N-E-N-Y. Good luck and be well. <laughs>